How many times this week have you been asked or have you talked with someone about your New Year's resolution? It's what we do every year at the beginning of the year. We make New Year's resolutions. And if you're anything like me by the second week of January, or if you're really stalwart and steadfast, maybe March or April, you either give up or forget about your New Year's resolution. It's gotten to the point where I don't even make them anymore. It's not worth it, for me at least. But how often do we do that? We start the new year, we say, okay, new year, new me. This is the time to change. And sometimes it works, but oftentimes, maybe more often than not for some of us, it doesn't really change much of anything. Because we become obsessed with our successes and our failures based on what we do. And we often do the same thing in our relationship with Jesus. Two weeks ago, we celebrated Christmas Day. Has my life substantially changed because of the incarnation that we celebrated two weeks ago? Does the fact that God became a human being inform every single aspect of my life? Or is it something I come back to periodically? Or maybe if I'm frustrated, it's the thing that I feel like I give up on the most. And so we celebrate today this great feast of the epiphany of our Lord. And we are reminded and encouraged to follow Jesus, to give him our hearts, to look into our own lives and to see what is the light I'm following and I'm seeking after. And sometimes we don't like the answer that we find because we realize that though my intentions may be pure in some way, what I'm actually following after is something that keeps me from God or hurts myself or others. And yet we are reminded of the beauty of renewal, of conversion, of how Jesus has come to save all of us. And he is calling all of us, especially the lowly, the forgotten, the disenfranchised, to new life, to a life with meaning and with purpose, if we but follow the star. We see, however, in the gospel, a juxtaposition of how we can follow the star. On the one hand, we have King Herod, who at least ostensibly seems interested in the star, but as we hear from the Gospel of Matthew, he is afraid. And because of his fear, instead of addressing the Magi in public, he hides them away. He goes to them in secret. Why? What we know from our our study of Scripture and our celebrational liturgical year is that Herod wants to dominate. Herod doesn't want a God who will conform, to which he will conform. He wants a God who will conform to his will. And how often in our life, isn't it amazing how the God that I follow thinks exactly like I think, acts exactly like I think, has the same politics that I think. In fact, following God costs me nothing at all because I am my own God. And my power and my position and what I have is the thing that's most important. And where does that lead us? It leads us into sin and darkness. In the case of Herod, it leads to murderous rage. And so we have to look at the stars that we're following. And we have to look and see that sometimes we're following the wrong star or with the wrong motives. But we're all sinners after all. We all do this in some way, shape, or form. 
The last few months, Father Simon Felix and I, we've been spending a lot of time talking about and studying the work of Dr. Bob Schuchs, who's the head of the John Paul II Healing Center down in Florida. And one of the things that Dr. Bob teaches is that behind every disordered desire and action, there are four things. The first thing is this, a good and holy desire. A good and holy desire. So even in our brokenness, brothers and sisters, what spurs us is our desire for the good. This is St. Thomas Aquinas 101, by the way. But he's talking about this in terms of healing ministry to young men and women, especially in the church. And so even if we're off the mark, we have to start with the fact that we desire something good and we desire something holy. But what happens in that disordered desire or action is that we also couple that Uh, that good desire, that holy desire, with an unmet need, an unhealed wound, wound, and a, a hidden pattern of sin. And we see that in Herod. Instead of going out and talking to the Magi and doing something in public, he hides it away. He goes to them in secret. He doesn't want others to know. But Jesus tell, the scriptures tell us what is hidden in secret will be brought to the light. And so we are called to not allow those hidden patterns of sin, that brokenness in our life, to wallow there, but to bring it to the light. Because we recognize that though we may not have it all figured out, who is that light but Jesus Christ? And we see the juxtaposition to Herod are the Magi. They don't have it all figured out. They don't know exactly what's on the other side of the star, but they see it, it changes their life, and they go at great personal cost. But who do they find? But Jesus Christ, the incarnate word, the second person of the Trinity, the living God. And it changes their life in that moment, but also the trajectory of their lives. And so when we come to Mass, when we spend time with Jesus in prayer, when we go to confession, are we doing it out of, well, we feel like we have to do this? Or are we going because we seek the sun, we seek the star that will change our life, that will renew us, that will refresh us. In the ancient church, when people came to Sunday Mass, they brought literally their gifts. If they were a grape, what I don't know, a vinter, grape farmer, I don't know what that is, they would bring grapes. If they had cattle, they would bring cheese, milk, and butter. If they had wheat, they would bring that. They would bring their gifts and lay them on the altar just like the Magi. We too must bring our gifts, whatever they may be. And sometimes our gifts are our broken hearts, our struggles, our uncertainties. But when we bring them to the Lord, He transforms us and like the Magi, He sends us forth along a new and different path. And this is the universal call to holiness. St. Paul tells us that this has been revealed to us that the message is for the Gentiles. The message is for all of us. What is the most important thing in the world? For you to be a saint. Not you, everyone, but you specifically. Because the light shining in your heart can inspire and give light to the world around you. And just like when we come to the Easter vigil and we light the Easter candle, we come into a darkened church and we diffuse that light, so too does God desire to spread his light and his love through your single flame of love and light. 
And in the waters of baptism, once you emerged, your godparent was given a candle and said, Receive the light of Christ. You are the bearers of that light. You have been chosen, anointed, and set apart by God to be the light and to bear the light. But we're all called to that conversion and renewal. Not a resolution that'll last for a few weeks or a few months, but a new life rooted in the love of Christ, where we are constantly seeking to convert our hearts, our minds, our lives to the incarnate God, to God with us, so that every time we come to Mass, Every time we go to confession, every time we pray or spend time with the Lord in Scripture, He touches our lives and sends us forth into the world by a new and better way.